first started talking to today's guest, my initial thought was, surely it doesn't happen here. Although I knew in my heart that bullying, cyberbullying, and other abuses are indeed happening within homeschool families all around the world. I learned so much from our conversation, and I know you will too. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. Today, I'm joined by Candice Duggar of Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. She's going to give us as parents a lot of critical information to prepare our children for the dangers they face and then to help them navigate their way out of it in a healthy manner if they do become victims of a bully or abuser of any sort. She'll give us a lot of statistics and other helpful information to better equip us to deal with an issue that almost every young person will be confronted with at some point in their lives. So I encourage you to pay close attention to what she has to say today. Before we transition to my conversation with Candace, I want to make sure to take a few moments to thank our sponsor for this week's podcast. Throughout the month of October, I've been encouraging you to get involved with Operation Christmas Child, for I believe so strongly in their ministry and the impact it's having all around the world. I also know the impact participating in a gospel ministry like OCC will have on your family. There are still places around the world where the name of Jesus has never been heard. That's why Operation Christmas Child is sending the gospel through simple shoebox gifts to the ends of the earth. The Greatest Journey follow-up discipleship program is teaching millions of children to put their faith in Christ and how to share that faith with others. As a result, entire communities are being transformed. National Collection Week is November 15th through the 22nd. So to learn more about this global evangelism movement, visit SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. So please check them out. Make a point to pack a shoebox with your children this year and then pray for the child who will receive it and the gospel very soon. You can get more details inside the Teach Them Diligently app or by visiting SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. For now, though, I'm excited for you to dive right into my conversation with Candace Dutton. Candace Duggar with us today. I have heard from countless people about how I needed to get to know Candace. And um, just in the conversation that we've had leading into this recording, I can see that they were dead on. Candace talks about things that a lot of us don't even want to acknowledge exists, let alone deep dive into. And yet that is where she spends her time. And I am so grateful for that. So Candace, welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about your yourself. And then we're going to dive into what your message for families is. Oh, thank you so much for having me today. I am just honored to be here with you and your community. Um, as you said, my name is Candace Duggar. I am a mom of two who actually left the corporate world several years ago when I saw how much my son was struggling. He was really really dealing with some serious bullying issues and things that at the time I didn't even understand, right? As a parent, I did not understand what this Gen Z bullying looked like in 24-hour cycle. And it was Mm. during that time we had gone to school and asked for help. And when we did, it actually put my son's life in more danger. And I almost lost him to suicide. And I remember very 
very clearly on my knees, just praying. I was very sick at the time. I was on bed rest and just praying to God, how do we, how do we even begin to help our son? And I remember so clearly God telling me we needed to homeschool him. Hmm. And you talk about if I wasn't already on my knees, I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I was like, Lord, there has to be another way, maybe another school, maybe a, um, you know, we'd done private school for him. And I remember God just, I can still feel his presence upon me just telling me it is, you must homeschool him to save his soul. And it, uh, now looking back, I can see the beauty and the blessing, but no one in my life believed in me. My husband didn't want us to homeschool. My own parents offered to pay for private school. Uh, all of my friends from the workplace, no one understood what I felt I was being called to do at the time. Yeah. And I had a child who was in a serious mental health crisis. And when we talk about serious, we were sleeping with the door open at night, taking rotations of shifts. We were with counselors and therapists. And I mean a darkness that you almost can't. When somebody gives up their will and their spirit to live, that darkness can just take over. And so um, I, I slowly slowly we began to go on this beautiful journey of homeschooling with him. He was 12 at the time. He is graduating this year. And the Hmm. beautifulness of this whole story is how God has not only redeemed him, but now he has the ability to impact many millions, millions of other children and families who are going through this, not only to help them understand, but a place of healing and redemption. So we are just, that is, that is how I started my journey. Um, And then my, my youngest son, you know, I, I think I'm a slow learner. I left him in traditional school while I was helping my son, my oldest son, to really uh, get figure out how to get him to a better place. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, I left him there for two years, and I knew the little boy was dealing with bullying, but what I'd consider playground bullying, like what we experienced as kids, yeah, right? Right. But the day I found him under the bed at nine years old, screaming, I would rather die than go back another day. Oh, I said, that is it. I pulled that little boy out and hugged him and said, we're done. There is nothing in these buildings that is worth my children's soul anymore. And now that little boy is 13 and a published author and speaks um, on invisible disabilities and helping other homeschoolers with their transition if they have special needs to homeschooling. And it's, it's really been a blessing. God is using our family to show others that there's a possibility of hope even when you don't want to. But yeah, that's a little bit about my background. A lot, I guess a lot about my background, but that's our family story. Well, it's amazing too, because you were talking at, or as you were mentioning the fact that all these other things that you were looking at, moving him to a private school and this, that, and the other. And the fact of the matter is that in this day and age, if someone is out to get them, is out to bully them, uh, the walls of a school can't contain mm-hmm. that. That is true. The first thing we tell parents is bullying is not a school issue. It is a cultural issue. Hmm. And I will tell you, families, I work with children now as young as seven, eight, and nine with full suicide plans from wow. their bullying. And this is in our homeschool community, too. This is not isolated to a public school, private school issue. This is everywhere. Where. Yeah. We are having a struggle and a disconnect with our kids. 
is that we we really don't understand what this Gen Z bullying looks like. Even when we're trying to keep our kids away from online or different things, they are around children in groups who are having access to much more adult content and conversations than we ever did earlier. We also have, through this pandemic, children who are incredibly anxious. Mm. Huge levels of anxiety. I am actually um, run a lot of workshops for parents on how do I help my child start a passion project or entrepreneurship as part of their homeschool journey? Because these kids are shutting down. They're not wanting wow. to do school. They're not engaging at any level. And so let's get them excited about one thing so they can find joy in life and learning again. But there's this um, shift, even big shift in our homeschool community of our kids are disconnecting. You know, we've all had to make a lot of changes and it's impacted the mental health of our kids. Yeah, it's 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 hard to imagine, honestly, because when we first started talking about this, I I told you one of my first reactions was, well, everybody's out there saying, well, it couldn't happen here. It can't, right. you know, we're we're living in our little bubble and we have yep. our church friends and our Christian co-op friends and and you know, he's he's insulated or she's insulated. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is that that we cannot lean on that. We can't even expect that that's remotely true anymore. No, no it's not. And if you have more than four than more than four children gathered together, uh, you probably got some bullying going on somewhere. If you have more than seven, I can guarantee you we've got some issues somewhere, wow. right? So it is not um, it is not an issue of, it, it's a sin nature. Can we just start with Christ was one of the most bullied people ever, right? So let's not pretend that we're isolated and yeah. removed and because we're Christians, we are not dealing with this or we can isolate our children. What I'm finding is that so many leaders and parents, even in Wherever they are, it doesn't really matter. They can't tell me the difference between bullying and conflict. Hmm. Just stopping well, can, right there, right? Like, yeah. let's just breathe into that for a moment. Like, let's just. Well, that's right what I was there. about to say. Can you tell us? Because yeah. one of the questions I was about to ask you was, what exactly is you? You noted Gen Z bullying earlier. Mm-hmm. What yeah. is that, and what does that yeah. look like? Because I'm not Gen Z. I didn't grow up this way, and it really is hard for us as parents sometimes to remove our reality as teenagers from mm-hmm. how we're seeing our children's reality as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's let's start. There's a few things there. Let's start with what is bullying. And I could read you this whole long definition and I can guarantee you by the end of it, you'd look at me like, well, that didn't help at all. <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem is that it really, we think we are going to know it when we see it, but do we really? So the way that I teach it in our classes and to leaders and parents and youth is a three, ter- three terms. It's ARP. Is the behavior aggressive? Is the behavior repeated or really strong prob- probability of a threat? And is there a power imbalance or yeah. perceived power imbalance? Is it aggressive? Is it repeated? Is there a power imbalance? Simple. I hear all the time, he's bullying me, she's bullying me, they're bullying. And I'm like, maybe let's take a breath and find out because there is a difference between conflict and bullying. And so what I'm finding, and I, I'm I want to say this gently and with so much love, but I have seen over and over again, I speak at leader groups all over the U.S. now. I see so many times that even the leader's children are the ones that are using dominance and bullying Mm. and no one says anything. Mm. There is no protocol. So what what happens is what I call mayday. 
come May, they just don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, wow. You know, I call it May Day. Um, come May, they just find a new group. They quietly leave because we don't want conflict, right? We don't want to talk about it. However, our kids who are the bullies, actually one of my more requested workshops is, so you think your kid's a bully, now what? But our, yes, right. So, so our kids who are the bullies, if we do not help them understand that what they are doing is setting up abusive behaviors long-term, they are at a considerably higher rate, well over 25% higher rate of having a criminal record by the time they're in their mid-20s. We have, right. So we're setting them up for abusive relationships. We set them up to really have this cycle that uh, needs to be checked because evil only bows to authority. Hmm. And we are losing a generation that does not see authority. Right. And so when we used to go, I mean, if you and I were called into the principal's office, oh my goodness, I, I would have been a mess, in your boots. <laughs> right? And now I look at kids and they're like, I don't care. Because they don't yeah. see them as a leader and an authority. There is not an authority to help keep that in check. And so that's a big wow. part of the, wow. the issue that we're well, missing. You know, and yep, go right ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Finish. A big part of the issue that we're facing, you were saying. Yes. Was, is our Gen Z part. And so when you ask what Gen Z bullying is, since 2000 and uh, since about 2011, so the last 10 years, is when we have shifted so much into the digital world. Our mm-hmm. kids have gone online. That's when they've started gaming and social media. Exactly at 2011, there's an exact correlation to the mental health of our children and the uptick in suicide. And our kids who are 10 years old the second leading cause of death right now is suicide for children 10 and older. Goodness second leading sakes. cause of death. And so our kids who are ten, in these categories, and we're seeing it go down younger and younger. And I'm going to bet that it continues to go down because my largest number of growing gamers are actually two to five-year-olds. So we'll put that no on the way. side. I know. That always shocks parents. But oh look at gosh. how many parents are giving their kids younger and younger a phone or a tablet, or screen time, or, right? And so our way of communicating in um, our tribes and our groups is shifting online, younger and younger and younger. And when we are, one of the issues that I really want parents to get here today is because we homeschool our kids, we really have to be talking to them about this. Because when they're gaming, when they're in different groups, I get requests all the time for co-op groups who've gone online, who it's like the wild, wild west. There's, you know, they're in the back chat rooms. It's, there's a lot going on there. But I will tell you, for your kids out gaming, predators, when they hear our kids are homeschooled, it is like, we don't talk about it. They probably have a lot less training or even red flags or anything. They're at a much higher rate. For even being groomed into sex trafficking. And my kids who are bullied, they are looking for community and someone to care about them somewhere. So when someone comes in and is nice to them, when somebody tells them how mature they are, when somebody opens a conversation of private that doesn't feel abusive in the beginning, I see homeschool children over and over and over again that that starts another process. And within a day, sometimes a day, sometimes six six months, that child is gone from the home. And so these are the reasons I think this is so important to our community. It isn't just about bullying. It's about opening our children to understanding what this past 10 years has opened to. Your children are in danger. In their living room can be one of the most dangerous places for them. 
so so removing a lot of that naivety so talking to them equipping them to understand what's going on um in in a conversation that you can control which is one of the benefits of homeschooling because we get Mm -hmm. to be the ones who is controlling the conversation and how they are receiving this information um which is a great blessing but one of the questions that that you know i would ask especially my kids are a little bit older now but you know there's Society is constantly barraging us with messaging about bullying, whatever it's called. You know, (laughs) it's and and you know we we discussed this a little bit beforehand. But how do you separate the just want to be like Mike type of a you know this is very chic to talk about now, so I'm going to get on the on the Mm -hmm. boat and what is real? What are some of the signs where you can really? clue in and what we have to be watching for as we are talking with our children, but also as we're just observing our children. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a few things there. One, I think anytime before our parents are allowing their children online, I am not a no gaming, no screening, nothing parent. I mean, I obviously we, we embrace technology, but as you said, we have got to equip children launching. We do not give 16 year olds a key and say, hit it. Yeah. Yet we do that yeah. with kids online. We log them on and say, go for it. So we have got to talk to them about um, even the basics of the extension of their physical body and their online body. Would you be in physical space with that person? Would you go into a room with people? Would you stop and go in to have that conversation? That our bodies are an extension online of our physical and we need to protect our minds first starting there. And then setting up warning signs. If people are asking them to share where they're going to school, things that might even see innocent, right? Oh my gosh, where do you go to school? Or, oh, what soccer team are you on? Or anything like that. We have to make sure our kids realize all of that information can be used to track them back. So starting there. Even doing little innocent things like taking pictures outside of their house or like Snapchatting where they yeah. are, all of those things. So, so that's, that's one part of it. I also think parents need to prepare their children, as you talked about, how do we handle the mental health when we all get negative feedback online? If you're online today, I mean, my goodness, I, I'm, I'm a conservative anti-bullying person. We get a lot, right? Oh, so, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> We get a lot. And so for my kids, when they see that about mom or they see that about themselves or they see a message, how do we take that information, decipher, walk through it and see, is this something that I should, how do I either not let it impact my mental health or how do I assess that this is something that I need to maybe make a shift or a change in? That is something I do not see adults doing for themselves, much less teaching their children. Most adults really don't handle their online accounts very well. Right. And so how do they expect their kids to do it? So first parents, I'd start with yourselves, right? Because as we talked about right before the show, the largest number of cyberbullying is not our kids in our home. It's actually our kids in their mid-20s. So for all of my parents that come to me and say, oh, I'm so glad that I've launched my kids, that they're not dealing with this, I go, well, you know, we should probably have a cup of coffee and talk about that. Because your kids, when we launch them as parents and homeschoolers, if we are not preparing them for handling workplace bullying, for handling it online, for how are they going to combat cyberbullying and hate in this digital world, we are not really preparing them. Our world has shifted so much that we have, we've really got to take some time and help equip them because if we launch them without those tools, they're drowning. 
are there are there resources to help us as parents or that we can direct and walk through with our children to help them understand not only the stakes in all of this but the warning signs the risks mm-hmm. uh, you know how to get ahead of it how to how to gird up your own heart. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's so many different angles on this that my brain is just racing, but you know, I'm sitting there thinking it's so important to understand your own identity and be comfortable Mm. in who God created you to be because that helps so much with a perceived, you know, whatever is being thrown at you because you've got that foundation of, and, and family is so important in helping instill that in a person. But what other what other ways can we truly equip our children and help them be ready for this? Well, I will tell you, I went and got certified all over the world in different countries in this because I found that here in the United States, um, at number one, most of our anti-bullying work was not in a way that I felt I wanted to approach it with my children. Uh, number two, um, it was all to give our power away. Go to administration, go to a school, go to, go to an authority and let them handle it. And yet as parents, we weren't prepared and equipped. So I actually wrote a 16-week program and built-in parent and leader training to teach parents all of these things. So things like, uh, really briefly, if parents don't understand the terms of posing and flaming and cyber mobbing, um, happy slapping, any of these terms our kids are dealing with online, how do we even have conversations when we don't know the vocabulary? Right. Right. So, so I walk parents through, we, we do a video class. They're like eight to 12 for a family. And then I separate out parent and leader training with activities and discussion questions for groups because I could not find it out there. Everything was mm. equipped to give them away. And I will tell you, I actually run master classes for teachers and principals now because they're not equipped with the knowledge, wow. which was shocking to me. <laughs> I was right. Like, exactly. Of all people. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. They're the front lines out there for the so many lines. families. And yeah. so many of them were also using conflict resolution skills when that should never happen. And I know we didn't get to talk a lot about that today. Um, and we covered a lot in our classes because understanding that bullying is abuse. It is one of the largest forms of child abuse we do not talk about. It's abuse. Hmm. It's aggressive, but it can be physical. There's sexual bullying. There are all types of things that happen in this area. It is not only 20% is physical. Wow. 80% is relational and falls into other areas. So once we start to kind of shift our brain to understand what it is and what we're talking about, we can see how that manipulation happens in relational bullying. And so um, I guess the easiest way for us to correlate it from our generation is the mean girl kind of thing. <laughs> As, as girls, right? That mean girl kind of thing. But there's so much there. So when we understand it, then we can teach our kids to walk through it. And how do they, um, little things that many kids don't even think about when they're being bullied online is blocking somebody, right? Like, yep. don't try to defend yourself because this is not about conflict. They're calling you all kinds of horrible words and slurring you. You trying to defend yourself in that moment is only going to escalate the issue. Right don't do that. Right. That's how we're all trained is, well, they said something about me. I should go directly to them and sit down with them and talk it out. Right. It's not, this isn't rational. This isn't, this isn't something that is discussable. This is, Mm -hmm. this is outside of that. It's it's meant to be abusive to take that power and hurt the person. So when we understand that in conflict, both parties want a resolution in conflict, both parties want a relationship at the end of it. Mm. Conflict happens occasionally. 
conflict that happen all the time. You and I may have conflict. You may not agree with things I say here, but we would handle it in a way that we could use conflict resolution. To right. It, right. In bullying, the bully does not want it to end. They want to use their power over the person. They do not care about that relationship. And the scariest bullies I work with, and you guys could probably look throughout our political system and leaderships and kind of see how this works. The scariest ones are my narcissist who will look me in the eye, deny that it happened, completely flip it around and blame the victim. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my scariest. Those are the ones that I'm like, parents, you've got to get a handle on this issue because we have a, a baseline here set up that is um, serious. Right. One third, to give you an idea, one third of the calls that I get at Bully Broken Redeemed are of adults, coaches, or other leaders bullying children. Goodness. It is not child to child bullying. Adults, parents call me because one spouse is bullying a child. And wow. so when we talk about this and we can bring it out to open it up, we also have to realize that in this, you may need some additional support and resources because it can uncover a lot of things that can bring up deeper discussions to be had. And how many of us as homeschool parents have been bullied by others that judge our, our beliefs? Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And yeah. not in a conflict way, but in a demanding, aggressive, I mean, I talk to people all the time who have felt very bullied by others that they've had to put up boundaries and walk away because of well, their choices. Yeah. So let's shift really quickly to if it is your own child that is mm-hmm. the aggressor, that is the bully in this situation. Mm-hmm. What, what as a parent are things to be looking out for? Because, you know, of course we think that, that even if Johnny has some issues, Johnny is, you know, in, inherently good. He's, he's my kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how, what are some things that we need to be on the lookout for to truly help him or her to, to change their ways and to, to walk away from this abusive um, path that they're on? First, I will say this is not an easy conversation. Our children did not get to be bullies overnight, and you're not going to fix it overnight or in one conversation. Mm. So there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to be a magic pill to this, guys. But first of all, understanding why people bully and why that child, looking at one of our classes we actually teach is why people bully, and understanding what they're looking for in that power balance and what they're looking to accomplish in it is a big piece. And so when we sit down with our children and we're talking to them, I have, I have a son, my, my youngest that I told you about, the one I pulled out from under the bed, he was so badly bullied. He was being hit with sticks. His face was thrown in the urinal. It was Goodness. bad, really bad for him. And he asked for help. He went to the administrators. He went to the school. He went to the counselors. He asked for help. He asked for help for him, his family. And he felt rejected that no one helped him. When we pulled him out, I was the only person he would trust. He started would what I would call retaliate bullying, right? He put okay. up this very big front wall of yep. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. You are not going to hurt. No one else is going to hurt me. And so if we can step back and see if there's anything, there's, there's kind of a three different approach, but is there something there? Has the child been harmed in other ways that we can help them work through this and learning for those kids, building back self-confidence, learning tools of how to not be bullied and how to engage in empathy and nonverbal communication and social emotional skills, a lot of that will help. And now he's, he's much better, right? But he's still Mm -hmm. terrified to be around groups of children who, um, when they, when one starts bullying, he's very in in tuned 
to body yes, language sure. abilities. and and so he'll actually quickly remove himself and will not go to even youth groups um, when he sees it happening. So, so is there something there that your child is retaliating on? Have they had a sibling who's been bullying them and they're reacting out to other children? Sibling bullying is not like sibling rivalry. It does happen. Right. So, so taking a look at that. Also with our kids, when we're starting to have these conversations, we kind of need to change the behavior, right? And so I actually have a lot of parents who make their kids take our classes and pass them for them to earn back privileges because they're like, you can't keep hurting people, right? You can't run around here with a language and an abusiveness um, that is harming people in your way. And sometimes that does take some steps back, some ways of new training of how the conversations are going to be online and setting some baselines for kind of that, as we talked about, the character before curriculum approach. Yeah. We have to get that character back in alignment and helping our kids realize through empathy, through some social emotional, sometimes it takes a lot of different things, but also seeing the pain they're causing. Hmm. Right? And having an opportunity, if you feel comfortable with the person that they've hurt, to sit down and let that person just share with them what pain they've caused. Hmm. Just letting them, not responding, just listen. Just listen. We have lost the ability to listen to others. Everybody wants to jump in and defend themselves. Hmm. We have to learn to listen. Listen more. Is that conversation one that is wise to moderate? If if you're going to set your child up, yes, oh to, yes, to confront are... that kind of a thing, that yes, yes. I wanted to make sure. Oh my gosh, yes! Please don't throw oh. them into that. No, please don't throw them in the lion's den. A, it's it is um, terrible for the child who's been victimized. Yes, because you're really putting that child in a vulnerable place, which is why I'm really cautious with restorative justice. For those of you who are familiar with the term, but um. For some children, especially if they've been friends for a long time, yet this behavior pattern has turned to bullying over a conflict. Mm. Be, if they want to get back to a place of restoring the relationship, if one, if they're willing to, and your child is in a situation where, um, kind of like with my son, you know, that there's some things there to work with. If we have a child right. who's been bullying for a really long time, uh, I don't know that it always matters how many people are going to yeah. tell them. Yeah. Right. That is where we need to look at some of those power struggles and character development and helping our kids in some other ways, Uh, which is why a lot of school groups now are allowing um, punishment for in-home bullying. Over 16 states now allow for the schools to step in. And even legally in some areas, if a child is charged with serial bullying, there could be parental fines for the parents along with huh. community service because they haven't stepped in to deal with the issue. Right, right. So, but it sounds like um, with the, you know, allowing allowing the, the two individuals or five, indiv- however many are involved in this, to actually get back together that you've actually kind of, the child has morphed from bullying to where he would be more um, open to conflict so, resolution where he yes. is at a spot or she is at a spot <clears throat> where they, their heart has changed enough where they're willing to move things yeah. forward and actually get back into fellowship 
with correct but it normally takes a while so like the class of the 16 weeks or our 16 lessons we teach we teach them everything from under and and I teach it as a leadership development class I'm not calling children out for being a bully or Mm. for being bullied or the groups in the middle for not standing up for others right Right. we teach it from a place of empowering everyone because more knowledge is empowerment so if we can teach them what bullying is and what conflict is and what conflict resolution skills are and teach them how their nonverbal communication of head up and shoulders up and their eye contact, right? Some of those basic things of lessening as a target. If we can teach them how to respond online when they're being attacked, if we can teach them why we need to stand up for those, especially in the special needs community that are incredibly high risk of Mm. being bullied, even that I have seen big time in co-ops is food bullying over food allergies. Wow. So if we can teach them to sort of see another perspective, to understand, and then have hands-on tools that they can use when they see something going on, that big part in the middle, right? We're going to have our bullies on one side and our bullied on the other. Those upstanders or bystanders in the middle in our co-op groups, at our church groups, in our youth groups, in our camps, vacation Bible study, all of those things have a huge amount of power when they see it happening. When they don't say anything or stand up for those being persecuted, that pattern sets. We start teaching children to not have courage. Hmm. We have got to teach them younger how to have courage and stand up for those who are being hurt and abused. Absolutely. That's why I think it's so important. Absolutely. Well, Candace, we are about out of time. I am so grateful for your coming on and sharing all this with you, with us. I you know, I'm sure like everyone else, I have all kinds of other questions to throw out at you, but I also know that you have a lot of resources and helps available online. So could you tell us a little bit about those and where to find them and how to connect with you uh, once this is all done? Absolutely. So um, Bullied, Broken, Redeemed, it's just all one word.com is our website. You can also find me on Instagram at C.E. Duggar, which is D-U-G-G-E-R. And I run a Facebook group, Bullied, Broken, Redeemed. If you guys are over there, you can kind of find me on all those platforms. And I do weekly clubhouse shows too. So you guys can find me in lots of places. Um, but our books, we probably have about six different books out. I have a little set called Luke the Lionhearted, helping our little guys, kind of those kindergarten through middle, through maybe third, fourth grade, and then our middle school and up. We are actually going to be uh, rolling out fourth grade as the new middle school, which is Hmm. unfortunate, but that is kind of our reality in today's world. Um, So we're rolling those out. And then, as I mentioned, we have our leadership development class, which is meant, I rolled it out to the homeschool community. They can use it as a high school class for kids for health class or leadership, because we do talk about mental health and social media addiction. And But we've also built in parent and leader training for each one of those. And that's on our website too. And then I do lots of workshops and private talks and events for groups. So if you're interested in that, just reach out to me. I love Love, love my homeschool community as much as I train at Fortune 100 companies and do all kinds of things. My, the homeschool families, those are my heart, right? Mm -hmm. This is, I will forever be grateful for the freedom to homeschool. It is what saved my son's life. And so I pour all of my resources that I possibly can into this community because I know I'm not the only family. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is um, way, 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 well, I know it's way, way more widespread than any of us would like to imagine that it is. Um, Well, Candace, again, I am so grateful for your sharing with us today. I will link all of those things in the show notes to make it easy for everyone. So, um, you know, just click on the show notes with this episode and you'll be able to get to all of those. But Candace, again, I am so grateful for your time today. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's just been such a joy to get to know you more and to be here with your community. Well, thank you very much. And to everyone else out there, I hope that this has been a real help to you. I hope that it's opened your eyes to things that you may have not wanted to think about. You may have not known how to assess. Um, and at least this has whetted your appetite to the fact that you need to go deeper or you need to ask more questions or whatever. We cannot afford to sit on our hands in this. So it is very, very important that we stay engaged with our kiddos, that we help shape their heart, the way they see themselves, the way they interact with others, their love for other people. All of those things are so important and you mom and dad have the best opportunity in the world to get involved with them and to truly teach them how to love people, how to love God and how to see themselves as created in his image. So I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.